it's Michelle Siraki with Pitbull Advocates of America, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. I hope that this inspires you and challenges you, and I hope that it equips you to attach action to your advocacy. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, hello, everybody. This is Michelle Siraki and Victoria Hofeld. How are you? I'm good. How, How was your day? Uh, my day was pretty good. Yeah. We got the yard signs in. Yeah. Um, And we also got the bandanas in, which I was super excited about. I know. I, I was too. Oh my gosh. I love it. I popped one on Tank, the rainbow one. <sighs> love it. With the Pitbull Advocates uh, logo on it. Popped yeah. one on Tank, put them in front of our flowers um, and took some pictures. It was pretty exciting. So cute. Yeah. So cute. Well, he's adorable. So I mean. Yeah. I mean, let's be real. He doesn't take a bad picture. Let's be real. Yeah. He's a ham. I love those new bandanas because instead of um we've done a lot of stuff with like tie-dye and stuff yeah. like that but this is like stripes yeah i really like how it turned out it's yeah. beautiful i think it's different than anything we've done in the last 12 years yeah and so. you guys get a chance to have one too pretty soon yes depending on when this episode is actually dropping i think that the, it should be really close yeah to the bandanas being added to the store with some potty packs and so other fun stuff and and hopefully if you haven't already seen some yard sign campaigns that we've been doing online open up your eyes and take a closer look or if you want to learn more about that head Mm -hmm. over to our website pipladvocates.org on the advocacy tabs you can learn more about doing your own yard sign campaign in your community yeah we've had some really successful ones already it's been absolutely awesome yeah we have got hundreds of signs going up in a couple of different places already i know some places are having to wait to do a campaign because they can't do the distribution like quote unquote event because of whatever they've got going on in their town with covid but check out Mm -hmm. some more information about that on the website if you've been listening to our episodes in any type of order you're just coming off of two episodes with rue yori yeah so exciting i know it was it was really fun so i said this in the episodes if you haven't listened yet and now you're gonna go back and listen i'm gonna disclaim it once again that was the first time that i've ever interviewed anyone (laughs) and let's admit and be honest about the fact that it wasn't great oh you did fine (laughs) so Not an expert interviewer (laughs) by any means yet whatsoever. And spoiler alert, I had to redo a couple other (laughs) interviews with some other folks. So fun, fun, fun. But I still think that Rue just being as fun of a person as he was and with him just having such a really cool life, Mm -hmm. just listening and learning about the things that he did with Wallace and the things that he did with Hector and the things that he is doing right now as an athlete on behalf of rescue animals. It's just, it's so cool. He's such an inspiration for sure. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. So today. Yeah, I'm kind of sad about this one, honestly. I know. It's really too bad. Today is the one with the perfect villain. And it is kind of a sad. It is. It is kind of a sad topic because unfortunately, this is a really true statement that dogs perceived as pitbulls make a perfect villain. And a lot of times folks that are anti-pitbull folks, they feel like this, like this is some sort of crutch, but it's actually really true. Yeah. Really, when you dive into it, like we're going to do today, it's truly the perfect storm of a bunch of things coming together at the right time, unfortunately for us. 
um, that really makes Pitbulls the perfect villains, yeah. unfortunately. So there were some villains before. We were um, not the first. No, before dogs that are known as Pitbulls. I'm not aware of any before around the 70s. Yeah. When German shepherds started to be portrayed in some movies and whatnot Mm -hmm. as some bad dogs. And then they kind of had their decade. And then in the 80s, um, they switched over to Dobermans. Mm -hmm. And I remember seeing Dobermans in some movies and they were always the attack dog and whatever. And then Dobermans bowed out. And the 90s came and Roddy's took center stage first. Mm -hmm. There was always a little bit of a pit bull element. Seeing as the Sports Illustrated cover, we'll probably touch on that a little bit more Mm -hmm. in a minute, but um, that was 87. Mm -hmm. But still, Roddy's did kind of take center stage in the beginning of the the 90s. And then it's just been pit bull ever since. So there's nobody to replace us. It's hard to shake. It's really hard to shake. And that's yeah. exactly what we're going to talk about yeah. now is why. Because what the anti-movement, what people that are on the other side of our issue want to say is that it's because of the dogs. Right. It's because they're deserving mm-hmm. of being in this position for this long. And those other dogs weren't. Right. And that they were bred for a specific reason that is, in fact, untrue. Right. They were not bred to fight. Yeah. I mean, that's... Or be violent or be vicious. Right. That's probably the first place to start is that historically... Yeah. We touched on a little bit of history Mm -hmm. in the one with the foundation and tackled the fact that a lot of people think that pit bull type dogs were created originally... Right. to be violent towards other animals yeah. that that was like that that they were like oh you know what dog would be really great well, let's put these two together yeah. but that's not true right. that's not true farmers were looking for better farming dogs right it morphed into that eventually but mm-hmm. that's not really the reason why they were created in the first place no not at all so history has a little bit to do with it. Historically, then, too, these bull and terrier dogs, Mm -hmm. which was their actual name, like a Rotties, Rottweiler is a Rottweiler and a German Shepherd's a German Shepherd. These dogs, their name was Bull and Terrier, but they got that nickname Pitbull since they were the ones being thrown in the pits most often. So that nickname is already 200 years old. Yeah, it's been there for a while. Deeply ingrained. Yeah. Deeply ingrained. So history has not been on our side. Timing was not on our side. No, I mean, like you were saying earlier, the jump from the 90s to the 2000s, technology wise is huge. You know, we had pagers and all of a sudden there were phones that you could use in your car and then there were phones that you could just take anywhere with you. Or, right. Um, yeah, we went from phones that had to be plugged into a wall. Right. Yeah. To phones that we were carrying in our purses. Yeah. That's a huge leap if right. you really think about it's it. It's a huge leap. And yeah, we went from pagers where you got a notification and then you had to get to a phone to call someone back. We went from that to texting. Yeah. That's true. You know, I mean, huge leap there, too. And then the Internet, too, also played a huge role. Right. And mass media. Let's not forget about that as well. Right. Yeah. All of this was really just yeah the technology that exploded during the 90s and into the early 2000s. It was terrible for us. It was terrible for us. You know, in the in the 70s, none of that. In the 80s, 
None of that. It just made bad information spread faster and farther. Yeah. You know, like that's easily accessible. Yeah. That's not a great thing for us at all. Right. You know, back in my previous life when I was an insurance agent, they always said that kind of rule of thumb, you know, in customer service was that if you provide someone with really great customer service, that they'll go out and they'll tell three people Mm -hmm. what a great job you did. If you screw up. They will go out and tell 10 people yeah. that you screwed up. That, I believe it. <laughs> you right? total sense. Exactly. That's what happened to Pipples in the 90s. Sure. And it wasn't that they were doing and screwing up. It was actually for them that it was just easier when one did screw up. Right. It became so much easier than any decade before that to be able to go tell those 10 people that yeah. became 20 people that became 100 people. Right. You know, and with the explosion of social media. Oh, my gosh, that 10 people became thousands. Boom. Now you can put out a post. It can be shared in 20 minutes by 500 people. Yeah. So timing was so against us. And again, so far, this stuff's out of our stuff's out of our control. And it has nothing to do with the dogs themselves. Right. History. We're not talking about I mean, we're just talking about nicknames that were given to them and the misconceptions about the history and the things people did to them, too. The, yeah. the people also put them in the pits. It just so happened that they were good at it. Right. Unfortunately. Well, because, yeah, they put together two things, yeah. two types of dogs that right. unfortunately became good at that. We have history. We have timing and Then we had this big surge of drug action in our country in the 80s. So, I mean, there was definitely drug surges before that. Some hippies that are listening are like, oh, baby, it was way before the (laughs) 80s. But cocaine was was a game changer. Right. Cocaine was a game changer for the United States and for the drug trade. Mm -hmm. It's a big reason why we had to have a war on drugs. So this new surge into our society played a big part because then drug dealers were looking for ways to protect their investment. Yeah. And would a Doberman do that? Sure. It was expensive. Right. And it could only make a couple puppies at a time. Right. Yep. Uh, could a Rottweiler do that? Sure. Again, expensive. Mm-hmm. Only two, three, four puppies maybe at right. a time. Enter in drug dealers finding pit bulls. Yeah. It's a lot of puppies that come from those litters. Wow. So now not only can I protect mm-hmm. my investment, I can actually supplement my income because I can breed these dogs. I can make money by selling them. Yeah. I can keep a few to make my protection stronger. Right. And some of them I can teach how to fight. Right. Yeah. And back in the day, back in the late 80s and, and in the 90s, this was not a felony in every yeah. state like it is now. It's a, right. it's a felony in all 50 states now. Mm-hmm. Not a felony then. Right. Slap on the wrist mm-hmm. at best. If you even got caught, because nobody really knew about this. Nobody really knew that it was already absolutely going on in our society. Um, Nobody really cared. Everyone was really focused on the drugs. Right. Everyone was really focused, you know. Higher penalties for that. Huge. Right. More beneficial to you to fight dogs than it is to sell drugs. Sure was. Still is to this day. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. yeah. Yeah. And, you know, criminals typically... They're not stupid people. Right. They're really not. Yeah. So when they got wind of a certain type of dog that wasn't expensive, paid for itself 
right. as soon as you got it pregnant. Yeah. Made extra money, supplemented your income while protecting your drug investment. Come on. Yeah, it sounds like a no brainer. Seriously? Yeah. Exactly. And how sad is that, too, that another huge part of this perfect storm is in the breed traits of yeah. these beautiful dogs. Mm-hmm. They're loyal, yeah. they're smart, you know, they aim to please. That's so easily exploitable. Mm-hmm. so easy to exploit these these little dogs cannot tell good from evil right. all that they know is my master tells me to do something and i want to please him and i'm going to try my hardest to do so sure which is heartbreaking yeah it's a very somber episode i know that's why i uh, said in the beginning i'm just not a fan but you know what sometimes i think there's a lot of sad stuff around being an advocate for dogs perceived as pit bulls and the stronger that we can become and the more that we can embrace the reality. We talk a lot about love and kindness and compassion and all of these really positive things. But being a really good advocate also, I think, includes embracing the the hard and the and the, the difficult and the and the ugly. Yeah, I've met advocates in my time that have tried to say that pitbulls weren't ever bred for fighting, mm-hmm. that that's just like some sort of weird myth. I found that to be incredibly interesting and strange. Like, well, we can't just turn our heads to the reality right. of these dogs because I love them for whatever the heck it is that they are. Yeah. They're good. Sure. They're bad. Yeah. They're medium. They're everything. Yeah. Yeah. We really can't turn a blind eye to that. They were good in fighting bulls and they are good dog fighters. Too, right. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Unfortunately. I don't even like saying that out loud. It's, I don't know yeah, if you can tell my hesitation. It's really hard, <laughs> right? It is. It's really, it's really hard. But again, it comes down to their athleticism. Yeah. Their tenacity as a terrier. Yes. You know, their loyalty yeah. and willingness to please. Right. Yeah. So it's not because they're vicious or aggressive or any of these other things that the media would have you believe or that the folks on the other side of the fence would want people to believe that it's because they're bloodthirsty, aggressive, you know, nasty dogs. And we know for a fact through some really large dog fighting busts that that myth has been torn apart. Right. Yeah. You know, it's completely imploded and fallen in upon itself mm-hmm. because it's not true. No, it's just absolutely 100 million percent proven that it's false. Yeah. But our perfect villain coming out of the history, coming out of the really unfortunate timing, coming out of this drug surge where the wrong folks really found out what these dogs were capable of, yeah. both physically in, right. in, in their ability to breed and mentally. And then, like we said, then when we add in this newer, faster technology, the word viral never had the meaning that it has now. Right. I'm not even sure when that was introduced into our modern language, something going viral. Mm-hmm. But to think, so in 1987, Sports Illustrated put out a cover photo of an incredibly scary looking dog. And it was a very negative article about pit bulls. So 
how many people saw that and how fast, right? Right. Yep. There was no internet. Yeah. They had to go to the newsstand. They either had to have a subscription to Sports Illustrated, mm-hmm. and that was privately brought to your house then. Right. I would assume that the dentists of the day that subscribed to Sports Illustrated didn't put that one out <laughs> for people to look at. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Sure. I would sure. assume that they were like, well, this is really not fantastic reading. Yeah. We're just going to keep this one in the back, in yeah. the break room or something. So did thousands of people see that? Sure. Did it take months for them to see it sure when sports illustrated does something now mm-hmm. it takes minutes right for it millions to minutes see. let that soak in right yeah. i mean yeah. holy cow yeah. and that all started again right around right. the 2000s when we really started to when we took over the villainous spot right and have yet to to give it up the popularity of breeding Mm-hmm. Didn't it didn't just hit in the drug dealing sectors sure. of our society? A lot of different people found out that these animals were getting popular right. and that they could make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that they could make a lot of money. I'm not sure when breeding in general became really popular. So I'm right. not going to pretend that I am. Yeah. But like I'm thinking like designer breeds. Sure. When people started making like golden doodles. Yeah. And something poos, you know. <laughs> Anything poo. <laughs> Anything really. poo, right. <laughs> when people really started doing that, I don't know when that was, but I yeah. feel like breeding became more popular in our culture then. Sure. And I feel like the homeless dog problem kind of exploded, not just in our little neck of the woods in Pipple Land, but right. I feel like in general, you know, where there's millions of homeless animals at this moment, yeah. that was not the case right. 30 years ago, 40 years ago. So that, again, we really stepped in right there. And then that hurt us because then what happened? Then we have this explosion of dogs perceived as pipples in the country to a point where people were like, crap, I don't have anyone to buy these. Right. What am I going to do with them yeah. now? I'm going to turn them into my shelter. I'm going to let them loose on the street. Animal yeah. control is going to pick them up. And then that was a double whammy to us, right. to these dogs known as pipples, because what were people saying about the dogs in the shelters? You yeah, know, they're all bad dogs. Why are they there? They're all pit bulls. Yeah. Why? There must be something wrong with them if they're all pit bulls in the shelter. Right. Right. I've heard that so many times from people on the other side. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? How are 60 percent of the dogs in shelters pit bulls if they're great? Why aren't there all those golden retrievers? Why aren't there all those da 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 da's? Yeah. You know, well, because golden retrievers only make two or three puppies at a time. That's yeah. why, you know, yeah. because... When you have a litter of 16 puppies, it's hard to find 16 homes. Right, yeah. That's why. Yeah, overpopulation is a huge, huge problem. It's a really valid problem right. that we have. Yeah. And I don't even know that as advocates, we're even aware of that as much as what we should be. Yeah. Because it's a, right. it's it's not a crutch. It's not, you know, a scapegoat. It's a really real thing. Yeah, it's a huge problem. Yeah, we can make... A crap ton of puppies. Very quickly. Yeah. yeah. That's just one dog producing 
Right. 16 puppies times that by, I don't even know how many across the country. Mm -hmm. There's your problem. And two, the other problem with why we have so many dogs perceived as pit bulls in the shelter is labeling issues, too. You know, like this term pit bull is truly a nickname comprised of three or four breeds, depending on what you subscribe to. Right. And um, anything with a blacky head and a short coat, muscular body could be determined a pit bull. Right. Yeah, we got in this really bad habit of calling anything that looked a certain way. Yeah. You know, it's back to what we laid in the foundation. It's that breed. It's anything mixed with that breed. It's anything that looks like that breed. And it's anything that looks like something that's mixed with that breed. Man, I just described like 600,000 dogs. Yeah. Yeah. You know that there are dogs in the shelter right now that are labeled pit bulls that are genetically not comprised of mostly pit bull type dogs. Yeah, or maybe any. Right. Or maybe any. Right. You know? Yeah, you get the right combination of a mixed breed. You could definitely genetically have a very low probability of having a pit bull terrier in there. Animal Farm Foundation, I don't know if they still have it because these are 15 years old or I don't know, 10 years old or something. But they used to do some really great handouts where they would have maybe 15 pictures of dogs. And they all had some amount of some actual breed mm-hmm. of pit bull of thing you know the ones that are known yeah, as pit bulls so yeah. american pit bull terrier american staffordshire terrier staffordshire bull terrier it have something mm-hmm. and i remember this one i remember it so it was in the middle of the page toward the bottom it was a black and white what i would call a floofy dog mm-hmm. it looked to me i'm really bad at identifying mm-hmm. breeds yeah. so bad at it but it looked to me as some sort of like poodle something i don't even know what else goes in there sure um (laughs) anything really right it didn't have a blocky head it didn't have a short coat it didn't have anything it Mm -hmm. was that floofy and it was black and white and it had like over 50 percent of genetics of like american staffordshire terrier in it and i was just like what like i was put back i was mm-hmm. taken aback by right. that yeah. you know like no shelter person even the most educated of one was going to look at that dog and label that a pit bull right because it, it didn't, didn't look, look anything right. like what we thought in our head it yeah. typically goes the other way right yep. you know where we have something that looks like it but this one I, that's yeah. why i think it stood out to me so sure. much though too because it didn't look anything like well genetics in itself is just absolutely fascinating when we dive into that but i mean i think going back to your point another big reason is because of this mislabeling too you know they're overpopulated and they're mislabeled right it's a terrible combination right and then if we want to add on to those two that bad combination right Mm -hmm. there in the shelter then we have the fact that you can't own a pit bull in certain cities You can't live with a pit bull in certain communities. You can't live with them in certain apartment complexes. You can't have insurance with certain places. So, like, we've got this legislation against anything that looks a certain way that we're going to label in this enormous umbrella of pit bull. So when somebody comes into the shelter and they fall in love with this dog Mm -hmm. and they live in an apartment that says no. Right. Well, now they can't adopt that dog. Yeah. What? Yeah. And adding on to that, 
you also have the other aspect with the it's all in how they're raised myth too. Oh geez. So that plays into our problem too. You know, like that's mm. a widely that's a huge myth. You know, right, so like right, ooh, you got that working against us too. There's a lot of different things working There's against us here. So many layers to just the shelter issue. <laughs> there is, yeah, right, right, which. Again, is coming back to our original right. point of these dogs have become, were destined, unfortunately, to be the perfect villain. Yeah. I've heard several times people saying like, oh, we'll outgrow this. Yeah. You know, oh, it's only going to last 10 years. And then that came and left. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, you know, we're almost done. But there's nothing to replace. Right. There's nothing to replace. Yeah. What's a, what? A Presicanario? Yeah, no. A Dogo Argentino? No. I mean, nobody can afford them. Right, yeah. You know, they don't produce these massive, huge litters. You yeah. know, they're not. I mean, could they maybe be a little bit scary or something to the right people or whatever? But they're never going to be as scary because they're never going to be as much of a segment of the population because they can't reproduce the way that ours can. And, you know, it's funny because some people would actually call those dogs pit bull type dogs. Oh, totally. <laughs> you know, the general public would. So, like, it doesn't matter because they're pit bulls. Right. I mean, they're oh not. God. I didn't even think of that you know, yeah. as it was coming out of my mouth. Yeah. But you're it's absolutely right. So Right. Those yeah. dogs are absolutely mislabeled so often yes. as a pit bull. So how can we replace something if mm-hmm. everything that we would replace, not like we want to replace, don't get that mixed no. up, but no. like they're all considered pit bulls anyway. Right. So like this label has really taken on a life of its own and this villain thing has really truly yes. morphed into something very, very big. Right. Right. Because... Of all of these different factors yeah. that, again, just really created this perfect storm yeah. for long term issues mm-hmm. that, again, the folks on the other side of the fence want to only say that it's because of the actual dogs themselves. That that's why, no pun intended, that's why we're in the dog house, right. you know, yeah. is because of the dogs when it's really everything else. Yeah. You know, it's really everything else. I mean, do the dogs sometimes play into this? Sure. You know, can it happen? Mm -hmm. Of course. But that's the thing with every breed that I've ever met has their downfalls and their issues. They get out of their fence at times. Doesn't matter what breed you are. They run at large sometimes. Doesn't matter. You know, they bite sometimes. Doesn't matter. There aren't animals out there that, I mean, they're animals. Yeah. They have teeth mm-hmm. and they use their mouth to communicate. They don't have right. hands like right. we do. And they can't speak English. Right. So. You know, this is how they communicate. Right. I think it's really good for advocates to recognize the fact that there isn't anything to replace them. Right. You know, right. so yeah, I don't have a crystal ball. I can't see into the future. But what I feel like is that we just need to focus on what we can do to get out of this place yeah. and to de-villainize, mm-hmm. if that's a word. It is but now. It, it is now. <laughs> darn right. But to de-villainize yeah. these dogs, of course, I don't want them to be replaced. Right. Because I don't want any other dog to ever have to go through this. Of course, yeah. You know, and really, what was our foundation? Having communities, mm-hmm. you know, value dogs as companions as a whole. So right. I want everyone to come together at some right. point in the future and value all these dogs as companions yeah. and as individuals. Mm-hmm. Another 
though, as long as we're as long as we're stacking on. Another one is this is not easy to undo. No, it's not. So everything that we've been talking about for a half an hour now, yeah, that's rough to undo. You know, we have to go city by city and undo this legislation. You know, not just mm-hmm. state to state, not just right. country to country. This is a worldwide problem too, yeah. mind you. Like, right. yeah, we're people advocates of America. We really focus on just the United States sure. for the most part because it's a lot of land to cover. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we got to go city right. by city, town by town. And, and they all undo. have different. Oh yeah. yeah, they have all have different language, different legislation, different meaning of the word pit bull. Like, yep. oh my gosh, it varies. So it's not like yeah. you're just undoing one thing and it's done. Yeah, you have to tailor your approach to each. Yeah thing and how it's written right the further that i've gotten into advocacy the more that i've learned how culturally diverse our country really is and what that means in relation to the laws sure how it's written yeah i mean man things are written really differently in you know the southeast than what they Mm. are even in the southwest and what they are in the midwest yeah i think it was pasco washington that i was reading there i'm almost positive that in their legislation there were some words i didn't even know (laughs) sure you know i'm trying to think of what they were because it had something to do with the dog catcher oh my gosh yes what was it well, this is going to be anticlimactic for the podcast, but it was yeah. like they called like the dog catcher something really strange. And I was like, I don't even know. I've never even heard that terminology before. Right. Yeah. And, and the fact that they still use dog catcher too, not animal yes. control officer like they would over here. Right. I was like, dog catcher. What the heck? I know. I thought that that like went away when I was like a kid. <laughs> You know, like I really did. And it didn't. No, it didn't. Not in Pasco. No, not in probably several different places. But so this legislation and this label, it's going to be really hard to undo. Yeah. That's Um, why we at People Advocates of America want to rehabilitate the term pit bulls. Right. Yeah. It's really important to rehabilitate versus rebrand in our strategy. That's the way that we are heading forward with this heavy duty like a freight train we're rehabbing yeah because that's really the only way to undo what has happened in the last two and a half three three decades it's really sad but it's really important that advocates recognize this Mm -hmm. um this is part of the knowledge that we want you to couple with love Right. I think that this is something that it's really important that, you know, why we're the perfect villain and that it's not because our dogs that we're advocating for are just so out of control, out of hand, crazy, whatever. They're just dogs. They are. They're just dogs. Yeah. They're individuals. Yeah. They're individuals. And are some of them grumpy? Sure. You know, and are, are some of them having issues? Yep. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, like some cats and like right. some rabbits and mm-hmm. like some other dogs and like everything else. Like, right. like a lot of people. Yes. <laughs> I got You're issues. You're pointing to you and me. I know. I am. I am. If they could see. Yes. We got issues. <laughs> yes. yes. But our issues, thank God, don't make yeah. us the perfect villain. Right. To be cast into this long term presentation that has lasted, you know, two and a half, three, three decades. So everything that we just talked about really leads into to fear. It's that 
all-encompassing bow that we wrap everything up with right made of fear yeah which then also can turn into hate unfortunately which then makes us having conversations really challenging because of the hate and the defensiveness and and all of that stuff yeah fear looks like hate it does the big bow of of fear is definitely misconstrued as hate yeah and to wrap everything up in such an emotional high intensity emotion that we have argumentatively maybe our most powerful emotion if not it's for sure in like the top few yeah it just really again it's just all part of that perfect storm and unfortunately making these dogs that that we love so much really the perfect the perfect villain so we barely touched on another difficult topic of dog fighting yeah um but we will in a later episode yeah. we're, we're going to hit that head on because like i said we we're actually not here we we always went into seminars at least i always went into yeah. seminars like i'm not here to make friends i'm not here to right. stroke your ego yeah. i'm not here to tiptoe around these yeah. these weird tulips or whatever forget that mm-hmm. i'm here to challenge you and we're here to to hopefully stretch you outside of your comfort zone. Yeah. We know how hard that is. Yeah. We're being stretched outside of our comfort zone right, you know, since March. Yeah. I mean, it is an uncomfortable place to be right. at Pipple Advocates of America right now. Mm-hmm. But that's where the best growth comes out of. Yeah, that's true. It's really where the best growth comes out of is when we are uncomfortable and being challenged. Yeah. Um, and so we have to talk about these hard things, like like being the perfect villain. And yeah. like, again, in a future episode about, you know, what what about dogfighting? Yeah. What do we need to know as advocates yeah. about that? You and, know? and how did we get there? You know, like it's not just mm-hmm. that we are the perfect villain. We are, but understanding mm-hmm. really how we got to that spot and learning that it's not just one thing. It's right. multiple things and created this perfect storm. Right. And the more that we know... Yeah. The more that we can really understand the roots. Right. That's what's going to make us better advocates. And that's sure. what's going to make us go out and be able to change more minds and save more lives right. and do it all with compassion and right. with love. Mm-hmm. And, with, and with knowledge. And with this knowledge. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's another brick. Speaking of bricks. Are we doing our third brick next? We, we will. Uh, yeah, we're going to dish out. So tune in. It's exciting. Tune into the next episode, please. The one with the third brick. Yeah. I'm really excited. So these first 10 episodes that we're doing for you guys, I mean, like, to me, the best of the best that we need to talk about, yeah. you know, and it just fills me with excitement for the months to come because, you know, we're going to take these 10 topics right. and turn them into like 100 podcast <laughs> yeah. episodes because there's just so much to unpack. Yeah, there and there's so much to learn. Yeah. And there's so much for us to think about, mm-hmm. which makes us better advocates, which right. hopefully makes you better advocates. Yeah. So um, so keep tuning in. Yes. Keep and tuning reach out in. with questions too. Please you know, we want to talk to you. We want to reach out to you. Yeah, reach out with questions. Yeah. Um re- reach out with compliments. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah. If you've got complaints, um, you can just keep those to yourself. No, I'm totally kidding. I need to grow. We need to grow. Yes, if you yes. have complaints, oh, let us know. But you know, but reach out to us. Yeah, we're we're definitely here and um this is exactly where we we want to be. Yeah. For you. We can't wait to get to you in person. I'm probably going to say that every single episode because it's so true. I was just going to ask if you're going to say that every episode. <laughs> no, I might because it's so true. It is true. But this yeah. is really fun. All right. We will talk at you more really soon. Thank you. Yeah. Bye. Bye.
I want to thank you for joining us today. I really hope that you enjoyed it. If you did, tell your friends and family. Click the share button on the app or take a screenshot and put it on your social media. Please consider taking the next step in advocacy, you guys, by visiting the website at pitbulladvocates.org. Order a bumper sticker, start a campaign in your area, or just ask us for help. I want to thank all of you who give financially to keep our mission moving forward. You can give now by simply texting PBAOA to 44321. We always appreciate your generosity. Oh, and don't forget to click subscribe. Apparently that's a really important part of this whole podcasting thing. Thank you all for being part of the solution and God bless you.